0: Hi guys and welcome back to the Nikki Jameson Fitness Podcast, thank you so much for listening. I have been a little bit MIA over the last few weeks, like things have just been coming up and getting in the way, but I am back in business, so if ND is listening to this and they enjoy this podcast, then please, please, please tag um, me in your story and share it. I have my one of my best friends, Nisha Purewall, I can never say her last name right um, on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> course Uh podcast today. Um I have worked with Nisha since I was eighteen, I think, and I am now twenty-three. Oh. So like five years and yeah like Nisha is somebody that I've always looked up to in fitness she's always been really really relatable to me and she has been a huge influence in where I am today so I was dead excited to have Nisha on because she's inspired me in so many ways so I'm hoping that she can do that for everybody else listening today as well um but yes Nisha actually owns the gym that I trained from for years um so she is just gonna introduce herself next without further ado which I always say in my podcast I will introduce you to Nisha she will tell you a little bit about her story and you know what she does where she's came from and yeah hi Nisha (laughs) yeah
1: Uh, I think you did a pretty good job there I'm not I'm not used to Hannah's compliments so I will take all of them that you've given me Uh, yeah so like you said I think I've known you since you were 18 and we first came in to do uh, a what, a gymnastics class at crossfit Sturton, i think was but for myself i started training gosh it must be about like 11 10 11 years ago now um before that i well training in the gym in a gym sense before that i had played for scotland uh, basketball at an under 18 and an under 16 level so i've always kind of enjoyed sports and being competitive um, but after uh, once you finish like your under team career in your Scotland, all that basketball, that team sport type stuff, um, we, I went on to uni and kind of fell away from sports a little bit and um, got into my dad really wanted me to get a degree so I went into Glasgow uni I did a business management degree and um, And probably throughout that time was a bit of a comfort eater. In fact, to this day, I'm probably still a little bit of a comfort eater. Um, It's something that takes a lot to overcome, but um, I definitely put on a lot of weight. So I used to still really enjoy training. I enjoyed being outdoors, enjoyed being active. Um, I enjoyed going to the gym, but my nutrition was awful throughout uni. And um, I put on a ton of weight. I think when I came out of uni and saw pictures from my grad ball, I think I was like 93, 94 kilos. I don't even know what that is in stone. Um, but I was a I was a big girl and people used to like nobody ever said that to me at the time. They would just be like, oh, you're like tall or like you're big boned. Nobody's big boned. Big bones, right? Uh, nobody's got big bones, we've all got the same size bones. <laughs> I used to to myself all the
0: time, like when, I was, when I was chubby as well, I was like, I'm just big bones, I'm just big yeah. like, no it's
1: just how you. It's just how you can, that's just how the, your weight gets carried, like, whatever it was. But anyway, I've seen a picture of myself and my friends are all kind of like, a lot of my friends at uni were kind of slight and a little bit smaller, and when I saw myself in a picture with two of my friends, I was like... Holy moly, man, you need to sort this. I'm trying not to swear because it's your podcast, but... okay, we can sit uh, run here. We can right, run. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was like, you need to sort this out. So I started training with um, one of my brother's friends, Santino Marini, who's actually a coach over in uh, San Diego now for CrossFit Invictus. So anybody that knows uh, CrossFit, they're quite a big gym um, over in the States. Um, and he took me through like my first couple CrossFit sessions at a fitness first gym and uh, I just remember looking at all the other like PT clients walking on the treadmill chatting away to their PT instructors and Tino had me like spewing in a bin uh, doing <laughs> hundreds of burpees and weightlifting and I, I just loved it like I loved the whole the whole concept of the training how it was different all the time how it wasn't just about running and burpees it was about being strong like he took me into the free weight session uh, section of the gym and he would have me deadlifting and squatting and sometimes because I was a bigger girl at the time sometimes I'd be lifting heavier than some of the boys around me so you got that kind of like oh yeah you know, I'm actually pretty strong and um, from that I ended up going to CrossFit Glasgow and training there uh, and obviously when I started training it was about aesthetic but the more I got into it and the more I could see what my body could do and what I was capable of I started to like Go more down the performance side of things, and I'd be like, "Oh, I want to see how heavy I can lift, or oh, I want to see like how fast I can do something." Or like, and it started to become like that competitive edge started coming back in, um, and then I started training alongside my former business partner, Steph Decker, who went on to compete at regionals, etc. I'm sure you'll have Steph on at some stage, and you'll get her story. Um, but like, she was always super strong, and I was probably a bit fitter, and like that helped us train together because we would like she would try and match my fitness I would try and get as strong as her so eventually we started just like raising each other's games um I think I raised hers more than she raised mine seeing she went on to compete in such high level
0: So (laughs) the credit is all actually
1: to you the credit is all on me (laughs) Uh, she'll tell you that I'm sure (laughs) Um, and then we started coaching together I did like I think I just realized when I came out of uni I didn't want to go into like some kind of business where I worked nine to five and was sitting at a desk all day I loved moving and I loved the journey that I had been on from like being really overweight I ended up dropping I think overall I dropped 23 kilos in total from the like the very first time I stepped on the scale on, on like this whole journey Um so I think I dropped 23 kilos in total Um I was starting to do things like butterfly pull-ups and pulling my body weight up and like handstand push-ups and like starting to do all this cool stuff that I never ever would have imagined doing the first time I went into a gym um so I I got in my head that I wanted to help other people realize that they could do this cool stuff too and it, it, it like it wasn't just people that walked into the gym and already seemed fit that could do it it was like I came from that place where I, I've looked in the mirror and being like oh like being almost disgusted at what I looked at and felt overweight and not being happy in myself and then I've managed to like well up to now I've managed to most recently I competed in a or the the last competition I competed in was um, the Functional Racing Federation World Championships in Sweden so I competed against some of the like best athletes in europe at and inter- like an international competition in fact some of the best athletes in the world because australia the us and all that were there so from that 93 kilo finishing uni and not really been happy in how i look and wanted to change my aesthetic to performing for my country in a world championships at a sport that i never thought that i would be capable of doing and um, it's been quite the journey but yeah,
0: like it's been watching you because obviously, like when I even when I first like started talking to you and like started training with you and stuff, like muscle ups was always like a big thing. Like, and I remember when, like, I remember when you actually got your first one, and I was just like, I remember thinking, like, that's something you were always really relatable to me because we're kind of similar shapes that like, were both tall. I was bigger yeah. like we're both bad at the same stuff and like good <laughs> at the same stuff so like I remember actually one of the first times that um I come up to train with you like I think it was like a running thing or something like that do you remember this <laughs> <laughs> so. and like me 18 year old me that was very unfit but I've just been so competitive I was like mm, I reckon I could take me shot at this running thing right and like I fucking sprinted out <laughs> the gates like from the very first get go of the workout Nisha like just looked at me, laughed, gone. I wish it was like and then I died for the rest of the workout and, and <laughs> very big mistake. But anyway, yeah, like I always just felt as if like if Nisha can do it, like then that's something that I can do. But like it wasn't just like handy to you. Do you know what I mean? It's not as if you just started that this- no. And like you, oh, it was just like, every day you got like it was really, really tough. Like muscle ups as well. Like it was something that you had to work really, really hard to get, like for anybody that doesn't know when you're doing CrossFit, like uh, once you've kind of got your muscle ups, it's kind of like the next, level bit like do you know what I mean like it's kind of that's the kind of golden badge into it once you can do your muscle ups um, and yeah, well
1: I suppose that that barrier has been raised all the time but yeah, yeah. at the time, at that, yeah, time that was
0: yeah. like the the kind of standard and the kind of higher level athletes like you know they were banging out these muscle ups but like you know you were pretty much there and like you had to work so hard to get that like that was something that it didn't come naturally to you at all like the gymnastics side of things was something that although like you did train hard and every, every day like it was so much work on top of that to get there
1: yeah, um, I think a big part of that was, um, and again, I'll, I'll bring Steph into this as, as well. Like, uh, Steph made her first regionals in 2013. Um, for everybody that doesn't know what regionals is, if you compete in CrossFit, you do a big online competition. Um, and at the time, the top 40 from each region. So you had like Europe, and then America was set into different regions. Um, Africa was a region, and like Australia. Asia we're all separated into different regions and like hundreds of thousands of people would compete online from each region but only the top 40 got to go and compete in an actual stage and then like the top five from those stages would go on to compete compete at the CrossFit Games so um, Steph competed at her first regionals in 2013 and I think we probably started training properly together like when she got back from that like because she'd had a taste of like regionals and wanting to go back the next year and I'd had this like I didn't go and I didn't go to the first one that she competed in but I had this like I'd love to do that I want to do that um but along the way like I always followed um like what Steph was doing training wise so I would like be her training partner so uh, at the time Tino programmed for Steph and she he would give her workouts but he would tell me to start them maybe 10 like Depending on the workout, I was to maybe get like a minute to two minutes head start or get a round head start. And then it was Steph's job to chase me down. So like I was trying to stay ahead and it was her job to try and catch me. Um, But throughout all that, I never really focused on my game. Like I was always following a program that was written for Steph to get better at her weaknesses um, and following along that. And, and, and then at the same time, it made my weaknesses get, it helped my game rise but there was a big hole in my game that Steph had. So Steph had like the strength for the muscle ups and she was good at like pull-ups and she was, she has so strong upper body and like had small legs that she didn't have to have strong legs, but they weren't like heavy weighted, whereas my legs are heavy and I wasn't that strong upper body. So on the workouts where Steph would be getting better at that gymnastic stuff, I was probably having to scale it to try and keep pushing her. So I was never really working on that part of my game. And it was only like, laterally probably 2018 2017 where I focused and dialed in like nutrition and took a step back from like pushing Steph to her goal of regionals and started really focusing on my own journey and um, that I improved that stuff and yeah like I think when you've been doing something well I think from 2014 to 2018 like trying to chase that muscle up and when you've been doing that for like four years it's 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 not just a physical battle anymore, it becomes a mental battle because you like. I'd have people come into the gym that I'd coach and I'd talk them through all the stages of muscle up and then watch them get it and be like, <laughs> oh fuck you. <laughs> so happy for them, so buzzing for them, but at the same time, like you want to cut them right. <laughs> So a yeah. big mental struggle, and when I eventually got it, I'd be like, oh, okay, cool, we've got this. But it's still it's one of those things, gymnastics will always be one of those things, I think, where I have that mental um struggle. But yeah, I think that's what I think that's why, for instance, you say you you find it relatable because you've seen the struggle and you've seen it happen like it wasn't just there uh, yeah there's a process
0: and I think it's quite easy like looking at the shape that like you're in now and like so you just looking at you even train and stuff like that like I think anybody that was watching you it would watch you recently would have no idea like where you came from do you know what I mean they would just look at you like we've had folk before like when the shutters open in the gym been like holy fuck do you know what I mean and it is it's like Genuinely, when you watch, like, Stephanie and Kim and whoever train, it genuinely is, like, amazing what they can do and stuff. And, like, but you have you would genuinely have no idea watching you now where you came from and how hard that journey was, like, to get there. Like, you can bang out muscle-ups now, and it's as if that struggle never even happened. Do you know what I mean? Yeah
1: well let's not like I mean they, they come and go still
0: that's <laughs> not <Still laughs> <of> the subject
1: don't <laughs> me too much but I, I try I try um. <laughs> um,
0: but yeah and I think it's about like see you're like so moving on to the kind of next bit that I wanted to talk about like the yeah. gym that you own now like you used to own it with Steph but it is so female dominant and like this is what I love about it so like a bit like what you said like when I started training I always wanted to be like I wanted to be stronger than all the boys I wanted to be better than all the boys like um and I think that you you're at the, Cro- like the crossfit community that you guys have up there it's so female heavy and it's like all the girls in there are better than the boys by I mean miles like you and Steph but like there's not a boy in there that comes close to that and like I think that's amazing and I think that like a lot of the people that will listen to this are females so I think that that's something that I kind of wanted to touch on on this because yeah. Like, you know, like the girls, like what Steph can do, Steph can deadlift probably, you know, like close to 200 kilos, like, you know. 185,
1: I think, was the last one she picked up, so heavy. 185,
0: yeah, like, yeah. it's like mental, like, you are so, you're stronger than pretty much everybody in that gym. And it's like, the, the level of athletes for the girls in there is like, just blows the boys out of what, no, sorry guys, like, I'm <laughs> just slagging you off. So. Um, yeah, like, why do you think that that's kind of happened and like, what does that like, what's your kind of view on that, and your opinion on that? that um,
1: sense. That think, was- yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Um, I think when we opened, um, well, we opened Fortius what five years ago, and it was Steph and I together. And before we opened it, we had coached in CrossFit Glasgow. We then went to the states for like three months just to get a break and, and travel around and learn a bit about gyms over there and, and the culture that they had in CrossFit gyms over there. Um, and then we came home, and we coached at CrossFit Kirkintilloch. We coached at CrossFit East Goldbride, We did some coaching at CrossFit Stewart. And So we had a quite um, widespread audience of who would like come in for knowledge. And obviously, um, Steph, being the competitive athlete that she was, I think she was one of the only females to competed at regionals from Scotland at that time. Um, like, and if you if you speak to and you will speak to Steph, I'm sure. Um, the knowledge that she carries and like and how she presents knowledge to people, the information that she gives out is just incredible. And overall um, and this is a complete generalization but from my experience of coaching males and females females tend to take on information better like they they want to understand why they're following a program they want to understand why a movement's been done a certain way they want to like they want to understand the ins and outs of it so they can get the benefit from it and so we ended up having quite a heavy female audience anyway and um, we did a few seminars before we went to the states and they were all like female focused so when we came home and opened our own gym like initially a lot of people that had just supported us in other gyms came in to like train and they maybe liked how we coached and swapped our gym or and then once you've already got like a group of women in like it tends to be like like you say whenever we had the shutter open if women were walking past the gym they'd be like oh like it's quite a lot of girls in there and they're lifting weights and it's like it, it became less stigmatized because it was mostly females that were doing it and then i think off the back of that i think a lot of the men that came into our gym came in as like because their wife was already training there or their partner was already training there so they were coming in with like a partner that was already lifting Mm -hmm. um and yeah i think for girls just seeing other girls do things like I know for me in particular and and for you like the way you're saying that you would look at me and think that that's attainable like I would watch Steph go through a training session or go through a program and get from one strength to another and I could see her lifting heavy and I'd be like oh that's possible because I do all the same stuff as that like so it's possible to be that strong so I think when you see something happening and you see the process you're then more likely to believe that you can do it as opposed to like just seeing for instance a big crossfit games athlete somebody sees tia Claire to me on Mm -hmm. the on the computer or they see it on youtube and they're like holy fuck she's strong but they don't see the process or what it's taken her to get there they just assume that she's always been strong i'm sure you can go back to like her very first videos and be like oh no actually she had to she had to learn as well and she had to go through the process i think it's just the amount of time and hours you put into it but yeah like I say I think just being surrounded by females and seeing that women can be strong and do cool things helps you believe that you can do cool things and do that and then it breeds that kind of culture and then when it comes to the the guys I don't know the guys the guys that come into our gym or the guys that came in when we first opened really loved like gymnastics and getting the skills portions down and I think they found it really cool when they could do a muscle up or uh, a handstand push up, some of the stuff that the girls maybe struggled with. I think the strength stuff came more naturally to the girls, and the guys, a bit more upper body, strength heavy, would find the gymnastic stuff a bit easier. So, like, I think when you're good at something and you see that you excel at something, you're kind of like more prone to want to go to that direction. Yeah. So, our guys were like, Oh, no, I'll have a workout. With- Toes to bar or pull ups or bar muscle ups, and the girls were like, "I can't lift heavy because that's what <laughs> yeah. I can do, and it's not doesn't require as much um, upper body strength, maybe." So I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think as well, like a lot of the stuff, like from my personal experience, coaching guide, any guys that I've coached in the past, and any guys like they seem to have like. So to be fair a lot of the guys that I work with now are actually pretty fine but like any times I've worked with guys in the past it's almost as if they don't want to take direction from a girl either like yeah. and I mean, Steph and you and like whoever else in a lot of the girls, Karina, like a lot of the girls in that gym like well genuinely and I'm not just saying this like there's so many workouts that the girls would destroy pretty much most guys that train CrossFit round about here on oh, and, and like but there's still I feel as if there's almost still this bit of like thingy like they wouldn't take direction from a girl they want to be told by a guy do you know yeah.
1: what I mean yeah yeah that yeah big like big time like when we coached at CrossFit Glasgow obviously there's male owners there and um, uh, uh, CrossFit School Brides are based CrossFit as they are now, our base fitness um like the guys in there are big you get big strong guys that are super capable really good at gymnastics and obviously like the guys running base fitness are strong and fit and they compete at a high level so i think it's just your surroundings like i think if you're a strong male and you see strong males as your example and they're coaching you and stuff you're probably more led to do that whereas yeah i think you're right maybe males are a little bit more hard up on taking advice from females um i think one thing i learned as well, like I said about the information thing, like women like information, whereas guys come in and they want to just lift heavy, and you're like, nah, 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 start like strip it back, get your movement right, and build up gradually, and you'll get stronger over time. Like a guy taking that advice from a girl is probably like, nah, nah, I can lift heavy, like puts just weights on the bar, whereas girls are like, oh no, I'll go through that process, whereas. If I, I another guy said to them, oh look, you might just want to like take that weight off and like you can add weight next week, or, like they might be like, oh, he's yeah. a lad and he's done it, so I'm not, I'll, I'll do it that way. Do you know what I mean? It might just be yeah more real. I like
0: peacocking, <laughs> I like that word. Uh, like yeah,
1: a bit of peacocking. Yeah,
0: <laughs> peacocking, I think as well. Like I think probably a lot of the guys that maybe see to be fair, the guys that are actually in for is they probably don't feel like this because i have just accepted it. But I think probably a lot of guys a little bit more. um, maybe a bit more advanced or whatever as well, they probably will feel a bit intimidated by the fact that the girls can go in and lift more and are at a higher level. Like, I think that that probably is quite intimidating for quite
1: a lot of guys. Yeah, potentially. Um, it's changed a little bit recently. Um, it's funny, obviously, we've been shut for quite a while um, with the lockdown and whatever's happening. Um, and when we reopened, we tried to, well, I tried to put a real emphasis on, like, tried to make the, the programming a bit more... Bodybuilding specific for a cycle, and then moving into like a more strength cycle, and just letting like people have a chance to build strength without putting like I took I took the whiteboard away for like so CrossFit typically you've got your whiteboard and you like you put your names and your scores up, and I tried to take that away for the first like sixteen weeks that we were back open so that people didn't feel like they were competing or maybe in like it's great in some senses, but I think when you've had A culture and maybe like people see somebody lift something or they they, they're like they're pushing to somebody else's goal rather than their own it can then become destructive Mm -hmm. like if you're competing and it's healthy competition and like you're competing with yourself to get better that's awesome but like when you start looking at a whiteboard too much where some of like maybe some of the guys would see somebody being in in the morning session and go like a minute faster than what they thought they could go they'd maybe go lighter on their barbell just so that they could equal that person's time rather than putting the heavier weight on their barbell moving well and doing what they were capable of and like sacrificing their time a little bit so I kind of tried to take the last like when we'd reopened during the after the first lockdown I tried to take that competition element out of it so that people would do what they thought they were capable of rather than even looking at a, a, a score or a time to aim for on the board if that makes sense but um yeah things have changed a lot since since hashtag covid
0: yes yeah. <laughs> um but no i know i just wanted to kind of talk about that because i think it was it's quite interesting like obviously uh, most gyms are kind of guy dominated but cross for 40s hasn't ever really been um nah. but yeah um so on to the next point so like the next bit i wanted to kind of talk about was like so CrossFit is, like, pretty much all about, like, your community. Like, it's all about the CrossFit community and, like, it's quite a big thing. But, like, um, I always talk to my clients and stuff and, like, MD that I'm kind of working with. That it's really important to have, like, a good support network around you when you are trying to, like, achieve your goals, whether that's, like, aesthetics, whether that's performance, work, whatever. Like, you need to have people that are either like-minded or supporting you towards that. 100 um, yeah. So like, you know, you obviously had big goals like just before, so for anybody that doesn't know regionals kind of got canceled, like it cancel culture got it. Like it just got <laughs> um, cut out. So like Nisha, like Nisha um, and myself actually, we were both kind of training for that. um But before that, you taken taking away, like, you know, how important was it to you? And like, what, what was the kind of main benefits to having a good support network around about you that, you know, we're obviously wanting you to do well?
1: Oh, it's um, it's massively important. Um, like you say, for anybody that's got a goal to do anything, be it training, work, um, business, whatever it is, um, if you've not got a support system around you that encourages you to actively chase your goals daily, then you you're fighting a kind of losing battle, and it's going to be a harder or harder fight. Um, so for instance when I went like when I was making that push for regionals just before it got cancelled I mean I was up to train at um like I think I got up at 10 past four in the morning to be in the gym to train at 5 a.m so that I could get a session in before the the morning class and then I would coach the morning classes and then Steph would come in the gym and it would give me a chance to get away to get a break um but in terms of that support system yeah, simple things like if you're a if you're a competitive athlete in particular you have to make sacrifices so like when everybody's going out getting pitched on a Saturday night you have to be like no I know what I want to do uh, in three or four months time not like what I want to do right now on Saturday I need to know what I need to do in three or four months time and if you've got a group of friends that are always like oh come out just come out just this one time it's one night out like it's just this once then like you're going to be constantly tempted to go and do that or just come for like like dinner like oh stop tracking your macros today just leave that like this one day what's but if you're getting that like every week that's that's an extra bit of effort you're having to fight against in your journey to get to where you want to be whereas I was super lucky I was surrounded by so many people that wanted me to do well that like if somebody asked me to go out for lunch they would be like Oh, where do you want to go for lunch like what fits what fits you for the day like what have you got left for your macros or what can you eat where, where's good to go for food or like if people were like organizing night out they'd be like oh we'll go at like five rather than at eight o'clock because you usually go to your bed about eight because you're up at four in the morning so like I had a group of friends that were actively making things easier for me and um, and I had a coach uh, well Steph was doing my program and she would check in with me and make sure that I was doing the right stuff and um, had a nutrition coach that made sure that I was doing the right stuff there and I had a mindset coach like you have to have a a, for what I wanted to do I felt like I had to have like an army of people help keep me on track because I'm one of these people when I go off track it it can spiral fairly quickly and the better people I have around me the the less chance of that happening
0: yeah not like 100% but like I think that's it as well like so regardless of what your goal is whether it has been a competitive athlete whether that's dieting for a holiday whether that's whatever it is you have to be selfish like and that's something that you're not good at and I'm not good no. at we are, no. we're, 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 we're like actual big pushovers and um, we're both pure people pleasers but um <laughs> like, you for when for like i think we're both about the same though when we do want something like it is important and like you have to you have to be selfish so like you know if you're constantly pleasing your pals you know if you're constantly pleasing your family what these kind of not toxic toxic probably the wrong word but like you know they're sabotaging you almost yeah it's
1: just it's just a different a different lifestyle right it's just someone that doesn't quite understand the importance of your goal um like you see it quite often with partners like obviously myself i'll coach people and i'll do people's nutrition and you'll have like one person that's doing really well with their nutrition so for instance I had one client way back when that was like smashing they dropped a whole bunch of weight they were looking excellent and like I don't know if their partner got a wee bit jealous but like their partner started being like oh just have a carry at this weekend you'll be fine and started like that flow almost like they weren't willing the partner wasn't willing to pull themselves up to the level that that my client had got to that the easier thing to do is to try and pull them back down to their level if that makes sense Um, and like you kind of just need to be really aware of that because the people you love the most can do that because they don't understand that you're doing it for you and you're doing it for a reason like they they maybe just don't understand it because they're not walking in your shoes they don't they don't know what you're experiencing and how you feel so they might not mean it but it's sometimes people that care about you the most that can be the most destructive. So you very have to you have to be aware of that and and uh, surround yourself with like good people. Is it not like a saying about like the, the five people you surround yourself with the most being like yeah. like, like an outcome of how you become? Um, you <laughs> know, like, I, I probably should have learned that saying better before I started. Yeah, I think it's
0: like like I think as well a lot of people like so like partners so like I like my ex-partners or whatever like they don't like change like or like they don't yeah. like it watching other people change it makes them feel really uncomfortable like they like yeah. you as you are like they you know like for example when it's me they liked like chubby nicky that would have a laugh at the weekend and have a drink and like do whatever else and would get a quickly. like that, that they like that but when yeah. um you know like i changed or like personal experiences like when people change like um people don't like that because you're now not no. doing things that make them happy and yep that's like something that's quite hard to see because people can manipulate it and, oh, sure. and turn it on you and be like oh you've changed you're boring you're this you're that and like almost trying to self-sabotage but like the way that I always tend to tell people is like I always say to people like you can never be and this is I think you've said this to me as well before like you cannot be your best self unless like you're putting you first like you can't for yeah. everybody else
1: around about you unless you know you're that sounds back. too intelligent to have come out my mouth Nikki maybe somebody else will do that I said it was me <laughs> well like I, again I can only do this from like a competitive athlete point of view and and knowing like someone that has cut it at the cream so Steph is an example like she's she's done it at the top level like when we opened the gym there would be times where and this is where you're saying like that selfishness, like mm-hmm. when you've got a goal, you really do need to be selfish about it. You need to protect it because like Steph knew that she wanted to go to regional. She knew where she wanted to finish. She had those goals in mind. And when, like people would sometimes come into the gym and the two of us would be doing like minging sprints on the assault bike. Like Steph would just keep her head in it focused. Like it's open gym time. So you don't have to speak to anybody, but she'd have her head in it. She'd be going full, full in like, and nothing could break that focus. Mm-hmm. But me being that people pleaser and like you are yourself like if somebody came into the gym and they came up and I'd be like right at the end of a 10 second sprint they'd be like you can you check my squat form and I'd be like yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like falling off the bike, like, but not wanting to let that person down like not taking that time for me and that that comes with practice like you know that yourself like that that doesn't come if you're a people pleasing kind of person then that doesn't come naturally and you have to practice it and there's absolutely nothing wrong with being selfish about your goals like you can still be you can be selfish about your goals and achieving the stuff that you want to achieve and still be a good person like and still be a nice person and, and it's up to people how they take you when you're like in your wee zone it's in like and it's up to you if you carry it or not if you like really worry about what somebody thinks about you and you let that like affect your day or whether you just get on with like making sure that you're doing what's right for you because at the end of the day if you're not if you're not happy in yourself like how can you as coaches how can we make other people happy if we're not doing the stuff that keeps us right exactly
0: yeah, no I know, I know exactly what you mean like it's it, it's so important I, I think it's, it's definitely something that I've learned and like my I even think as a coach my since I started being more selfish and doing the things that I want to do like my service is even better because I'm like happier with what I'm doing I'm not like stressed out when not running after everybody constantly I can have time to do my own training do my own nutrition you know like all these and do what I'm mean, work towards my goals and like what I tell myself now is when I feel myself like getting into like old habits or whatever about like what you're kind of saying is when I'm trying Maybe people please I'm like right okay what what like if I don't get the goal that I'm working towards so if I don't do what I set out to do and what I want and what means a lot to me like I'm gonna look back in years to come and think why the fuck like do you know what I mean I don't want to live with any regret and why I didn't go for that um because so, sorry go.
1: no 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 no. like uh, keep going for what you're saying
0: um but yeah so like I always think like I don't want to live back and regret not going for what I wanted to do because somebody else has asked me to work an extra night when I could have been training. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you're not yeah. going to remember that extra night that I worked in like 10 years from now, but that's something that I would remember if I think, why did I do that when, you know, I should have been training or I should yeah. be whatever.
1: Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Like, um, <laughs> I was, I, there's an Instagram page called Limitless Coaching. Um, Emma Hackett does it, and she was the woman that helped me with my mindset stuff um, whilst I was going for regionals and during the time when I was doing the Functional Racing Federation stuff. And she just always made this point to me like she told me to get a pair of trainers for coaching a pair of trainers for training like my my athlete shoes and a pair of trainers for like walking my dog and she was like when you put on your training shoes she was like you're an athlete and you need to treat yourself like an athlete so that means you're not somebody's coach you're not running the gym you're not like you're not having like fun or messing around you are being the athlete and you're enjoying being the athlete you're enjoying your training and that is your process and then when you take your athlete shoes off and put your coaching shoes on you're a coach so like changing your hat for every role that you've got yeah and I found that during that time that really helped me like I'd finish a training like as soon as I put my shoes on that were my my training shoes I'd be like right session on get zoomed into whether that meant putting music in my ears or whatever it was I had to do I was I was an athlete when I had those shoes on I know it sounds really silly but like when I finished my session I would take my athlete shoes off and I put my coaching shoes on and I'd be like cool now you can relax like you've left that session behind you like don't think about it it's done like you, you think about it when your athlete shoes are on now you're a coach you've got a different role like get into that and then I would change shoes to walk herc because then I'm out the gym completely and and that was like something completely different and it helped split split up all the things that I had to do because like you say if you if you try and please everybody all the time and you don't separate those things you end up spreading yourself so thin and then nobody gets nobody gets the best of you no no part of you is the best that it can be you're just spread too thin
0: yeah not 100% but I think that I just thought that was quite useful and it's like something that we both struggled with so I thought that that'd be quite good to talk about but yeah um so just going on to the kind of last point like that I wanted to talk about today um like the the good thing that I well the thing that I loved the most about CrossFit was it wasn't focused on the way you look and like I'll know a lot of the stuff that I do now is probably more focused towards the aesthetic side of things. But my heart will always lie with performance. Like, I honestly, like, there is no better feeling than, you know, doing something that you didn't think you could ever have done. And I always will hold that over the way that I look um and I think that that was the biggest thing that you know CrossFit that ever showed me and that's something that I try and drill into all my clients it's like you know aha, uh-huh, hi, you've maybe lost weight this week or you look you fit into this but you can also lift 100 kilos now like do you know what I mean like and I think that um what what is fitness and getting into fitness offered you because it's, it's given you like a lot of like you say but like yes mm-hmm. what's fitness given to you that isn't just about the way you look obviously you look great now you're shredded to the bone but um
1: yeah, not, not not currently, but like off buses and all that. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> hashtag lock um, Yeah, well, fitness has essentially given me my whole career in life. Like until I turned, uh, well, I went to uni and did a business management degree, which like I'm not going to say I've not put to any use because I now own a business and I run a gym, but it's not like I look back at all the stuff that I learned uh, at uni and I'm like, oh, I must run years uh, by Maslow's hierarchy of such and such like mm-hmm. I barely remember half the stuff that I learned in uni if I'm completely honest um but I've learned a lot through experiences and training so basically what, what fitness has given me is given me one I got into it for aesthetics but I very quickly became about performance um and then experiences the amount of places in the world I've been able to travel not even just through CrossFit but even when I played basketball like I've seen a lot of the world maybe not seen like the beautiful parts of it maybe just the inside of a sports hall sometimes but I've seen a lot of the world through sport and um, like if I hadn't played basketball or competed in CrossFit or coached in CrossFit I think I would have only ever been to Spain and Disney World on holiday so like and I've been to pretty much most of Europe a lot of the states now, and um yeah, I feel like yeah, I just feel like explode they- <laughs> Berlin. <laughs> I never forget. We went to go
0: never watch regionals um, <laughs> one year, and oh my god, that was such a good trip! I got
1: so far. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so such so, so swollen ankles, ankles. Oh my god! Um, so, I would say fitness has brought me um uh, a mindset that makes me want to perform as well as like something i always say is when i'm performing at my best so when i'm like the best athlete that i can be is usually when i look my best and that's not just because um i feel shredded or like i like what i see in the mirror it's because when i'm performing good i usually feel good and when i feel good when i look in the mirror i'm like oh yeah I like what I see looking back at me because I'm really positive about that image regardless of how as I look if I'm performing well I know that my body's doing something amazing so that and like I say the experiences just getting to like meet people and see things and create friendships like I was actually speaking to Big Tee Hawk you know tomara Hockey Big <laughs> <shout> <laughs> in
0: story.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I was saying that um like some of my best friends now, like I've got my best friends from school which like support me in everything that I do. Like they support, they maybe aren't in, big into their fitness, but they support me as a person because they like me. But a lot of my like very best friends are people that I've only met in the last six or seven years because they're like-minded and they're about performance and they push me to do better things. And I've just met so many great people through um like the fitness community.
0: Yeah. I think it's I think it was about the same. Like I think most people get into it for the way they look, but like you know, when, I, when I'm trying to coach people, like, I try and almost reel them in with that, I'm like, look at this transformation, this is what you can do, but then once they're kind of hook, line, and sinkered, I'm like, right, but this is what else you can get as well, do you know what I mean, like, you can, like, I'm quite big on building a community, like, you know, I want everybody that I'm working with to kind of bounce off each other, and, you know, make friendships, because, like, that's genuinely what fitness did for me, like, I, it brought me, like, I've always said as well, i I'm like you, I have my, party friends and then I have my gym friends and like the gym friends I probably speak to a lot more um, and yeah. the bigger part you know probably my life now because they're a better influence they do the same things they want to do the same things as me and they're going the same kind of directions um but yeah like it. literally I, I'm quite big on like you know building those relationships and building those because I know what it did for me like yeah. and watching like you and Steph like it was really like inspiring and it was like one the more I kind of got involved with that, like the more I wanted and the more that I realised my potential and what I could do. Um but yeah like as well like I think a lot of the time people actually underestimate like health benefits as well. Like people just don't yeah. even think about that. Like I couldn't even like even though I can run now but like when I first started at 40 it's like oh my God I could not run. Like it was so bad. I think I must have had like 40 heart attacks trying to go a 40 <laughs> run. Um But, like, even like that, like, I genuinely, even if I put on weights, regardless of what my body size does now, so, like, I could put on a stone, lose a stone, whatever, like, I genuinely feel so much healthier at whatever weight because I'm
1: actually fit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you know what one of my favourite things about the whole community stuff is? Like, if you get yourself quality community and you've got people which I'm sure you're, you're building with your own clients and what I feel like I've got at Fortis Athletics is people genuinely celebrate each other mm-hmm. like there's no like I don't there's just a real feel-good like I know at Fortieth there's this real feel-good if someone like so for instance somebody on the page PR'd their one like their fastest cage in a 5k run and they post it up and everybody's genuinely buzzing for it or like the first time you got a muscle up or the first time we Lauren got a muscle up like the excitement that gives me it's almost like getting my first muscle up and I yeah. think that's just one of the coolest things and like when people have it's the other side when people have lows you kind of feel those lows with them and you try and support them and help them back up through it because like you're only as strong as your weakest link in a community so if you help each other through all the shit stuff and you get to the good stuff that's that's awesome but the celebration of like people's wins like when they do something that they genuinely thought they could never do like and they do it for the first time you're like yeah that's cool and we've made that happen as a community we've all supported each other we've all worked hard and we'll all celebrate that together I I love that that's awesome
0: yeah and like I think that's it as well I think especially with the way the fitness industry is just now like especially online it's so like you've got like this cancel culture thing just now and it's like so call outy, and it's like oh this coach is saying this and you shouldn't do that like and I like I'm trying to stay out of that because it's like I don't think that one, it's got anything to do with MDLs, what MDLs does, but like why would you not like see so saw somebody else is doing well? Like that's got nothing to do with you. And it's got nothing to do with you if they're doing bad either. Do you know what I mean? Like you'll be a much happier person if you like a bit like that, like if you can just support other people and cheer each other on, use it to motivate you to go and do that thing. Do you know what I mean? Rather than being catty because somebody's done this and you can't do it yet, or do you know what I mean? But I think like the fitness industry is like really like that just now. But yeah, so what is the plan <laughs> what is the goals for the twenty twenty one? Like what are you up to? Like training and
1: business what's going on um well 2021 is going to be more business focused i think and um, just like what you're saying there about a lot of stuff being online at the moment obviously due to covid and lockdown stuff's been like um gyms have been shut like i think that goes to show the strength of the community so for me the gyms being shut has done nothing but strengthen in 40s from like <clears throat> from when we've had to shut to now like everybody's still training the announcement of like the gyms or outdoor training allowed to take part as of like take start again as of the 15th like the excitement that there was on the page when people saw that happen like on our on our private members page I was just like yeah cool so like I think for me making sure the business is still growing and that community still growing and helping coaches grow as well like I want to develop and um, just now Steph Sinclair she's in coaching for us and I, I'd love to help develop that and develop more coaches coming in through forty, so that I can look at more of a business running side of things and um, so that come 2022 I can spend a bit more time focusing on like my training a bit harder again and look towards maybe master's competitions like I'm getting to that age now. Um, but I've spent right old as fuck. Well. So I'm like 32, masters can compete in CrossFit from 35. Um, so I'm kind of looking at the long journey. I've, I've got myself a coach because, as you'll know, it's important to have a coach as a coach. You can't just like do all your own stuff. So I've got a coach in uh, Evie Hollis. And we kind of just discussed about stripping things back to fundamentals to make sure we move properly, move well, which makes training a bit slower at the moment and probably not at the fittest I've ever been at the moment. but. With a bigger goal in mind, and I suppose it's just not losing sight of that over the next year to two years whilst yeah. it happens. A bit
0: like, it's a bit like doing the, the, the kind of non sexy, like yeah. Yeah. Bare, like basic stuff.
1: Um, but the, best, but I, the best part about that, like, is having <laughs> one, a coach that holds you accountable to it, but two, like I'm lucky where I have the gym, so I've got a separate focus. So, like, because yeah. my training is a bit slower and a bit more like not all the fun exciting like here's a PR, here's this, here's this. Like it's more, I don't know, slowed down. It means that like I can put my head in business stuff at the moment and be like, okay, let's grow this, let's grow the community, let's grow the business. And then next year, hopefully that will be in a good sitting that I can be like, cool, now it's time to attack the intensity side of things and in, in my training. Yeah. I
0: know. Thank <laughs> you so much for coming oh, really, I I well, spoke to you forever about stuff. It's been good to
1: <laughs> Hopefully it comes across all right, because uh, when when I started talking, I was like bleh, bleh, bleh. <laughs> <laughs> I should have a new accent. <laughs> oh, amazing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so thank you so much for listening, everybody. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you did, can you please tag me, Anthony and in our um Instagram <laughs> stories or whatever you want to yeah. share it. Um, if you could rate it as well on Spotify, I would be forever grateful. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening, and I'll see you. Thank as well. you.